Everyone loves a good family mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's journey. Step into the role of June Parker and search for hidden clues to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder. Find hidden clues and uncover a murder mystery. Solve mind-teasing mysteries of the Roaring Twenties. Engage your sense of observation to find hidden clues. Search for hidden objects from the parlors of New York to the sidewalks of Paris and uncover a collection of dazzling hidden object spectacles for you to solve. We're all here because we love true crime, right? Well, this game has the perfect twists and turns to keep your brain asking, what happened here? There's nothing I love more than getting to decorate my very own luxurious state island. The best part? You can chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Hello, listeners. I'm your host, Amara, and this is Black Girl Gone, a true crime podcast. On this episode of Black Girl Gone, we tell the stories of Trahita Scott and Vicki Simmons. Trahita was 24 years old when she vanished from Fort Lauderdale, Florida in June 2014. The last time Trahita was seen, she was leaving her job to pick up her two children, and no one ever saw Trahita again. Five years earlier, 25-year-old Vicki Simmons also disappeared. But two days after she was last seen, her body was found in a motel room in Miami. Vicky had been murdered. Both of these women's family believe the same man is responsible for what happened to them. And in April 2022, the man they suspected shot and killed his wife at a pool in Miami. Now, Trakita and Vicky's families are demanding answers, and they believe he has them. This is Trakita and Vicky's story. I think I've said it a few times already, but when I started this show, I never imagined that a year later we would have this many people listening and supporting this show. But I am immensely proud of the work that has been done and the difference that we have been able to make by bringing awareness to these stories. My only goal with this show is to tell these women's stories and bring awareness to a broader audience about the things that are happening to women that look like me. I'm not a detective, I'm not a journalist, and I'm not a private investigator. And that's not the purpose of this podcast. I take the information that I find and then I turn it into a story that you may want to listen to. I'm a storyteller. And so I try not to speculate or give my opinion because there are many times when I don't have enough information to form a responsible opinion or to speculate. Telling the stories of what happened is only one of the ways that you can help and we can help these families get answers. But they also need investigations and they need people to dig deeper. And so even though this podcast may be a way for me to tell these stories, I am working on the ability to actually impact these cases in substantial ways. So if you've been listening since day one, thank you for being with us as we've grown and continue to grow. And I'm excited to be able to share with you all of the things that we have for this show and, and for the work that we're doing. Now, this week's story actually involves three women. Two were murdered, and one has been missing since 2014. 
The only thing that all of these women had in common is the fact that they were all at some point involved with the same man, Carl Watts Jr. For years, both the families of Trakita and Vicky suspected that he had something to do with what happened to them. But for whatever reason, police were never able to find enough evidence to arrest him. However, all of that changed just a week ago when Carl Watts Jr. shot and killed his wife of almost a year, Shandell Harris. For Chiquita and Vicky's families, they were shocked but not surprised that Carl Watts Jr. had been arrested and charged with shooting his wife because they had always suspected that he was a killer. Neither Chiquita or Vicky received much attention outside the local media, but with the recent murder allegedly at the hands of the same man both women also had ties to has sparked interest in the case. If Carl Watts Jr. is in fact responsible for what happened to Chiquita and Vicky, then their families deserve to know that, and Chiquita's family deserves to know what happened to her. There are many questions surrounding all of these cases, but the biggest question for everyone involved is if Carl Watts Jr. killed Vicky in 2009, why were police unable to arrest him? And if he was ultimately responsible for Chiquita's disappearance too, then what happened to her and then Shandell would have possibly never happened because Carl Watts Jr. would have been in jail. Trakita Scott was a young mother who, in 2014, left her job and was never seen again. Her family has long believed that they knew exactly what happened to Trakita. But almost eight years after she disappeared, her family has been left without answers or justice. Trakita was originally from Miami Gardens, but had moved to Fort Lauderdale, where she was living in 2014 with her two young children, a boy and a girl. Trakita had recently gotten engaged and was looking forward to her new future, especially after the toxic relationship that she had had with her son's father, Carl Watts Jr. According to Trakita's mom, Trakita had met Carl her senior year of high school, and the two had dated on and off for years. But Carl had exhibited abusive behavior towards Trakita on several occasions, according to witnesses. Trakita had been working at a U-Haul store for about five years, and her manager recalled several occasions when Trakita and Carl got into arguments at the store. He told NBC6 in Miami that he witnessed multiple interactions between Trakita and Carl where Carl got physical with her. He had even done it in front of customers. Her manager said that he would take Trakita by the arm and drag her outside, and that he even had to confront Carl on several occasions in order to try to stop him from abusing Trakita. The manager said that he did call the police on Carl and ultimately was forced to get a restraining order on him. Trakita and Carl's on-again, off-again relationship was toxic, and after years of the back and forth, Trakita had had enough and ended the relationship with Carl. However, she wouldn't be able to get fully away from him because they had a child together. And so Chiquita tried her best to co-parent with Carl. Now, like I said, Chiquita worked at a U-Haul, but she also had a second job as a home caregiver for people with mental health disabilities. Chiquita, however, had dreams of becoming a police officer. After ending her relationship with Carl, Trakita began dating Al Livingston, who was the father of her daughter, and eventually they got engaged. Al, who was a barber, introduced Trakita to an officer whose hair he cut. Knowing that Trakita wanted to be a cop, you know, having a sort of mentor would have been really helpful for her. 
So Chiquita took and passed the exam that is required for citizens in order to get into the police academy. And she had even gone on a ride-along. Chiquita was eager to become a cop in the community that she had grown up in because she really wanted to make a difference. On June 25th, 2014, Chiquita took her mom around to run some errands before she headed to her shift at U-Haul. Chiquita's mom said that her phone kept ringing, but Chiquita was sending the calls to voicemail. Her mom said that she knew that the calls were most likely coming from Carl, and that's why Chiquita didn't want to answer them. According to Chiquita's mom and in an article with the Daily Beast, after getting the calls, though, Chiquita said that she had to go home because she had a headache and she needed to rest. After leaving her mom, Chiquita went back to work before leaving at around 2 p.m., Now, it's not clear where Chiquita went after leaving her job at U-Haul, but according to reports, Chiquita had made arrangements with Carl to pick up money from him for their son. And so that's where it's believed that Chiquita was headed when she left work. But what happened to Chiquita next is a mystery. Alan Chiquita had been texting throughout the day, and he texted Chiquita and told her that he loved her. And at around 4.30 p.m., Chiquita texted her fiancé back and said, I love you too. And then shortly after that, her phone was turned off. Chiquita's family knew something was wrong when her phone was going straight to voicemail, but when she failed to pick up her children from daycare, they knew something was very wrong. Al told NBC6 that he received a call from the daycare telling him that Chiquita had not picked the children up. Now, Al hoped that perhaps Chiquita had gone home and fell asleep and then just overslept. And so he hoped that maybe by the time that he got to the daycare, she would be there too. But when Al got there, Chiquita wasn't there. And so he picked up the children and he went home hoping that Chiquita would be there. But when he got home, she wasn't home either. Al said that nothing seemed out of the ordinary. But he knew that even if Chiquita had gone for like a ride, she would have not just left her kids. She would have taken the kids and she would have not left them at daycare. When Chiquita's mom found out that her daughter had not shown up to pick up her kids and her phone was going straight to voicemail, she began to panic. She knew about Carl's toxic, abusive behavior and she knew her daughter was supposed to go and meet him that day. And so when Chiquita didn't answer her phone, her mom said her heart sank. She called Chiquita 23 times that night but all of her calls went to voicemail. Chiquita's mom said that she immediately started texting family members. She told the Daily Beast that she told them that Carl had Chiquita. It was her gut. And she knew that Chiquita had plans to see Carl, and now her phone was off and she hadn't picked up her children. Chiquita's family immediately contacted the police to report Chiquita missing. They believed that she had been kidnapped. Her family told NBC6 that they contacted Carl to ask him where Chiquita was. But according to them, Carl admitted that Chiquita had come to see him that day to get the money, but that she had left and he had nothing to do with her disappearance. He, however, refused to answer any questions and then ended up hanging up on them. Chiquita's family never heard from Carl again. He never called or came to check on his child. And before Chiquita's family knew, Carl was gone too. A warrant unrelated to Chiquita's disappearance had been issued for Carl, and so he was technically on the run. 
For days after Chiquita's disappearance, her family tried to figure out where Chiquita and Carl were, convinced that Carl had kidnapped Chiquita. A few days after she vanished, her family spoke to NBC6, and when asked why she suspected Carl had something to do with her daughter's disappearance, Chiquita's mom said this. Because of the threats he's made against my child, he's um, constantly following her, um, told her if... <sighs> he couldn't have her, no one else would. Carl's alleged behavior leading up to Chiquita's disappearance was enough for Chiquita's family to believe he had something to do with her disappearance. And his behavior after she vanished only added to their suspicions. While Carl was on the run, the local news media revealed that Carl was the person seen on surveillance footage a month earlier allegedly attempting to kidnap an 18-year-old girl from a bus stop. And he was arrested on that charge in May, but had bonded out of jail. Now, it wasn't the first or the second time that Carl had been suspected of kidnapping. In fact, Carl had three other kidnapping-related charges on his record. He was someone who was no stranger to police. But after Chiquita's family appeared on the news publicly accusing Carl of kidnapping Chiquita, Carl's family spoke out to defend him, and they denied that he was responsible for Chiquita's disappearance. His mother told NBC6 that her son was innocent until proven guilty, but she did not know where he was. She said that if she did know where he was, she would tell him to come home so that he could clear his name. She said that she was afraid that something bad had happened to Carl. A week after Chiquita was last seen, investigators located Chiquita's car in Liberty City, which is about 24 miles from where Chiquita was living. When the car was found, police would not reveal much information about the car or how they were able to find it. And although they hoped it would turn out to be a big break in the case, it never led to Chiquita or to anyone being charged. The same day that Chiquita's car was found, investigators released surveillance footage from in and around Chiquita's job on the day that she disappeared. The footage would be the last images of Chiquita that anyone would ever see. With the discovery of the car, at the time, police were hoping that they would get some leads. They were still, of course, looking for Carl, but without finding him or Chiquita, finding the car was better than finding nothing. But four days after Chiquita's car was found, Carl Watts Jr. turned himself into police. Carl, however, wasn't charged with any of the crimes related to Chiquita's disappearance. With Carl in police custody, her family prayed that he would do the right thing and tell them where Chiquita was. But Carl continued to deny that he had anything to do with Chiquita's disappearance. So where was Chiquita? How could a mother, engaged and looking forward to her future, just vanish? Carl was the last person to see Chiquita, and her family believed that he had done something to her. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize that physical symptoms like headaches, teeth grinding, and even digestive issues can be indicators of stress. And let's not forget about doom scrolling, sleeping too little, sleeping too much, undereating, or overeating. Stress is something that I deal with daily, and I sometimes find myself struggling to manage it. 
Stress shows up in all kinds of ways. And in a world that's telling you to do more, sleep less, and grind all the time, here's your reminder to take care of yourself, do less, and maybe try some therapy. I really believe that therapy can help everyone. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy. Give it a try and see if online therapy can help you lower your stress. Black Girl Gone listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash girlgone. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash girlgone. What do U.S. News, PC Magazine, and Popular Science have in common? They all rank Simply Safe Home Security as the best home security of 2021. In fact, U.S. News just named Simply Safe the best home security of 2022 as well. With everything going on in the world, making sure my home is safe and secure is a top priority for me and my husband. Simply Safe helps us feel safe when we are home and keeps our home safe when we're away. Simply Safe protects your whole home around the clock, every door, window, and room. It's backed by the best 24-7 professional monitoring in the business, ready to dispatch police, firefighters, or EMTs to your home. With a comprehensive set of sensors and cameras, including all new wireless outdoor security cameras, you always know what's going on inside and outside your home. Simply Safe is less than a dollar a day, and you can set it up in around 30 minutes, and it's always simple to use. There's never a long-term contract. You can even try it for 60 days risk-free to see if you like it. If you don't, send it back free of charge. Simply Safe protects over a million homes in the United States alone. You can customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash girlgone. Go today and claim a free indoor security camera plus 20% off with interactive monitoring. Go to simplysafe.com slash girlgone. On June 25th, 2014, 24-year-old Cherkita Scott left her job at U-Haul to go meet her son's father, Carl Watts Jr. Cherkita was supposed to pick up her children from daycare, but Cherkita never showed up, and no one ever saw Cherkita again. Cherkita had recently gotten engaged after spending years in an on-again, off-again relationship with Carl. And after years of allegedly abusive behavior on Carl's part, Cherkita was finally moving on with her life, something Cherkita's family said Carl was not happy about. And so when Cherkita went missing, her family was convinced that Carl had kidnapped her. After missing himself for over a week, Carl eventually turned himself in to the police after being wanted on unrelated federal charges. But he was not charged in connection to Cherkita's disappearance. The day Cherkita went missing, her phone was turned off at around 4 p.m. But by the following day, her phone was turned back on and her family was able to trace the phone. And it pinged all over South Florida. But unfortunately, it didn't help them in their search for Chiquita. Her family, then like a lot of families in this situation, turned to social media to ask for help in locating Chiquita or any information about where she could be. But weeks went by, and there was no new information about Chiquita. Carl remained in police custody on warrants and continued to deny any involvement in Chiquita's disappearance. Eventually, 
Carl was released from police custody. And although he had been named a person of interest in Trichita's disappearance, he was never formally charged. Detectives said that they did not have enough evidence against him to consider him a suspect. And so eventually, Carl was released from jail, free to live his life. Trujita's devastated family knew that Carl had an extensive criminal record and had been arrested multiple times. But they didn't know that another family believed he too was responsible for what happened to their loved one, 25-year-old Vicki Simmons. At the time, Vicky's story didn't get much attention at all. And to this day, police have not released very much information about Vicky's death. And because of the lack of coverage, there isn't much information about Vicky's story in general. Vicky's sister, LaShawn, told the Miami Herald that Vicky had grown up in Miami and was a graduate of Booker T. Washington High School. Vicky, according to her sister, loved to dance and she had studied real estate. She described her as more on the quiet side. Vicky, like Chiquita, was also the mother of two. And at some point in Vicky's young life, fate would bring Carl into her life. LaShawn said that she never really liked Carl. She could just tell that something wasn't right about him. The relationship with Vicky, much like his later relationship with Chiquita, was on again, off again. And Carl had allegedly exhibited abusive behavior towards Vicky, too. According to LaShawn, at some point, Vicky started exotic dancing, something that Carl was very unhappy about and would argue with Vicky about. Vicky, however, eventually got tired of fighting and going back and forth with Carl and made the decision to break up with him, a decision her family believes cost her her life. On February 17, 2009, Vicky's family reported her missing. But two days later, her body was found in a hotel room on Biscayne Boulevard in Miami. Vicky's cause of death has not been released by police. But LaShawn told the local news that not long after her sister's murder, a detective told her that they suspected Carl Watts Jr. They just didn't have enough evidence to prove it. And before they knew it, Vicky's case was cold and Carl Watts was moving on with Trakita. Vicky's family hoped that they would get closure, but years went by with no new information. And so the case remained cold. A year after Chiquita went missing, her family was still searching for her. They had spent the last year leaving no stone unturned, but they were getting nothing. And Chiquita's case was beginning to go cold. As the time went on, her family became more desperate for answers and closure. In June 2015, Trakita's mom sat down with the Sun Sentinel. On um, June 25th of 2014, my daughter Trakita stopped missing. Um, June 25th of 2014. We've searched for her. We've had, um, we've created a page for her. Um, we've asked for donations to hire private investigators for her. Nothing but her. This year, of course, June 25th, will mark a year she's been missing. Um, our two little kids ask about her every day. When they pray, they always pray for mommy. Um, we just want anyone with, um, 
any answers or any knowledge of what happened to her to come forward. The one thing that always stands out to me is the voices of the mothers. The pain in their voices when they are begging for answers and justice. In every single interview with Shahida's mom, the pain is always present. When the Sentinel reached out to Fort Lauderdale police at the time, they said that this was still an ongoing case, but they had not received any new information or developments in Shahida's case. And so for years, her case stayed that way, at least publicly. After 2015, articles and information about Chiquita pretty much stopped. And aside from the Facebook page dedicated to finding Chiquita, her story began to fade. Chiquita's family, however, was not going to give up. And even though they were not getting much attention, they refused to give up the fight to find Chiquita. When Shandell Harris met Carl just a few years after Chiquita's disappearance, it's not clear how much she knew about his past. But according to her friends, Shandell fell head over heels for Carl, who at first was very charming. Shandell was originally from Miami, but at 17, Shandell was forced to drop out of high school after getting pregnant with her daughter. In 2017, Shandell was featured in the Albany Herald, where she, where she chronicled her journey. After dropping out of high school, Shandell tried to take her GED, but ended up passing everything but math. Failing and feeling discouraged, Shandell ended up giving up on getting her GED. But life was really hard for Shandell without a diploma or a GED, and she soon found herself struggling to raise her daughter. Shandell, however, found out about the Turner Job Corp program in Albany, New York. And so Shandell took a leap of faith and a chance on herself and moved to Albany with her then seven-year-old daughter. But shortly after arriving, Shandell found out that her daughter was too old to stay with her at the program. And so she had to make the hard choice of sending her daughter back to Miami to live with her dad. Shandell, however, stayed in Albany and eventually earned her GED, which she was extremely proud of. She ended up getting a job and, according to the article, was planning to enroll at Albany Technical College. However, Shandell's plans changed and she ended up moving back to Miami. Not long after her return to Miami, Shandell met Carl. The two dated for about two years before getting married about a year ago. The beginning of their relationship was fine and Shandell was happy, according to her friends. But then Carl started to change. After the two were married, Shandell found out that Carl had been cheating on her and had continued even after they were married. After months of trying to make her marriage work, Shandell had had enough and she decided that she was going to end things with Carl. Carl, however, was not about to let Shandell just leave him. On April 1st, 2022, according to Shandell's friend, Shandell went through Carl's phone and found messages between him and another woman. The discovery, according to police reports obtained by the Daily Beast, Shandell and Carl got into a heated argument, and that went on throughout the night. At around 7 a.m., Shandell said that she had had enough and told Carl that she wanted a divorce. And according to the police report, Carl responded by hitting Shandell. According to the reports that were later seen by the Daily Beast, after hitting Shandell with a closed fist, 
Carl then told her that he could not live without her and that he, and then he went to the kitchen and got a knife. Carl then allegedly began to slash Shandell six times on her arm, her hand, and her thigh. Now, after attacking his wife, Carl then held a gun to his own head and threatened to kill himself if she left him. Shandell later told police that she told Carl that she loved him in an attempt to get him to put the gun down, and he did. Now, after allegedly slashing his wife, Carl then attempted to help his wife by cleaning up the wounds he allegedly caused. He told Shandell, according to the report, that he didn't want to go back to jail, and so he attempted to clean up the blood with bleach and told her that they had to destroy the bloody clothes. Shandell then took Carl to a Walgreens and a family dollar so that they could purchase supplies. And when they arrived at the family dollar, Shandell was terrified, but she was able to call her mother and make a plan to try and get away from Carl. She convinced Carl to take her to her mom's house, and he did. But when Shandell got to her mom's house, she told her mom to lock the door and call the police. The report then states that Carl began banging on the door of her mother's house and demanding that Shandell come out. He appeared to have something in his hand, although they don't know what it was. But her mother refused to open the door. Carl did eventually leave after officers were called a second time to the home. But after Carl left, Shandell ended up driving herself to the hospital where she then spoke to the police. After the attack, Shandell went to her mom's house to stay. But little did she know that Carl was not finished. On April 3rd, 2022, Shandell and her mom took her 11-year-old daughter to the pool. Shandell and her mom had been taking her daughter to the pool for lessons on Sundays for the past month. And so Carl knew exactly where she would be. A friend of Shandell said that during their last conversation, she encouraged Shandell to kind of lay low and stay inside because she was afraid that Carl was going to be looking for her. But Shandell probably didn't think that Carl would do anything to her in broad daylight, and so perhaps that's why she didn't heed her friend's warning that day. Carl showed up at the pool and confronted Shandell that day. In an interview with the Miami Herald, Shandell's mom said that she actually saw Carl first and stood up and grabbed her daughter's hand as he approached the two. According to Shandell's mom, Carl had money in his hand, and he asked Shandell, you know, how much would it take to make this, referring to the brutal attack on her the night before, go away? Shandell's mom said that he said it twice before he pulled out a gun and shot Shandell. A pool filled with people, including Shandell's mother and 11-year-old daughter, watched as Carl shot Shandell multiple times, standing over her body and unloading the clip, killing Shandell Harris in cold blood. Carl would not be able to run this time, and he was arrested at the scene and charged with Shandell's murder. When news of Shandell's murder hit the headlines and Carl Watch Jr. was charged with her murder, Trakita and Vicky's families could not believe that the same man that they believed was responsible for the disappearance and death of their loved one was now being charged with murdering his wife. But with him now in custody, they prayed that this is their chance to finally get answers about what happened to Trakita and Vicky. Currently, 
Carl Watts Jr. is in jail awaiting trial for the murder of his wife, Chandel. He has not been named a suspect in Vicky's murder and is still a person of interest in Trakita's case. Now, despite a long history of violence and abuse, including kidnapping, Carl Watts Jr. was somehow able to get away without being charged in either of these crimes. Both Shahida and Vicky's families believe that Chandel's death could have been prevented had police been able to arrest Carl Watts Jr. sooner. The one thing that all of these women had in common, aside from all living in South Florida, was Carl Watts Jr. And according to all of their families, they all experienced abuse at his hands. And now two of them are dead, and one of them has been missing for eight years. Every single one of them was a mother. Together, they have five children who no longer have their mothers in their lives. The case against Carl Watts Jr. is overwhelming, but until he is charged with what happened to Chiquita and Vicky, their families are still fighting for answers. They are happy that at least Carl Watts is off the street, but they want to know what happened to Chiquita and Vicky. The brutal murder of Shandell in broad daylight has brought renewed interest to both Chiquita's disappearance and Vicky's death. But as of today, police have yet to speak about whether or not this recent development will impact the investigation of these cases. For now, their families want you to remember them and know that they are still looking for justice. Chiquita Scott was 24 years old when she vanished from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, on June 25th, 2014. And Vicki Scott was 25 years old when she was found dead in a hotel in Miami. If you have any information about either of these cases, please contact the Fort Lauderdale Police Department or the Miami-Dade Police Department. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Make sure you subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. It also helps our show grow. As always, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.